Number 515 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, it is a special Sunday edition of this podcast. And the Rangers, last night, Saturday night, wrapped up a five-game road trip with a really nice 3-2 win against the Philadelphia Flyers. They trailed 2-1 to one, uh, more than halfway through the third period, came back with two goals to win it late, and uh, continued to basically dominate games in which they lead, or excuse me, in which they are tied going into the third period. They entered this game last night. 10-0-1 when tied going into the third period. The Flyers were 7-1-2 in those same circumstances when they've been tied going into the third period, which is interesting because they've obviously struggled this season, but it seems like uh, you know when they're tied going into the third, they're at their best. But regardless, Rangers win again in the third period, a game in which they were tied 11-0-1, once again the mark of a really, really good team. Something that's very encouraging down the stretch here and hopefully even for playoff hockey, assuming the Rangers can uh, eventually make their way into the dance. Uh, But yeah, again, you know, it's a really, really satisfying way to end this road trip. The Rangers were obviously dealing with a lot of absences, a lot of COVID-related absences. I mean, the coaches were missing for some of the games. You had uh, a couple of guys out of the lineup. You had a couple of guys making their return last night. Basically, just kind of having to shuffle the deck and and just kind of fly by the seat of their pants as far as who's going to be in the lineup, what the line combinations are going to be, what the defense pairings are going to be. The defense pairings were mostly intact throughout the entire five-game road trip here. But uh, yeah, you know, obviously uh, there was a lot of uncertainty and the Rangers, nevertheless, despite being hit pretty hard by, uh, you know, players having to miss due to being on the COVID list. They come away with a three and two record, and I think you got to take that all things considered. You probably take three and two on a road trip such as this, regardless. But the fact that once again they were dealing with so many absences, yeah, uh, you got to sign up for a three and two record on this road trip. Something else that really stood out to me going into this game last night. Obviously, you know we're tracking what Igor Shesterkin has done all season, and you know we've talked about how he's going to be in the mix for a Vesna at the end of the year. You know when it's all said and done, more likely than not, uh, he was on the interstate coming into this game. He had his goals against average all the way down to 199. So uh, just, again, a tremendously impressive season. He stops 26 of 28 shots. Uh, You know, it's interesting, though, because the game, uh, excuse me, the go-ahead goal for the Flyers that they scored in the third period there, again, midway through the third period, I would think that that might be one that Igor Shesterkin might like to have back. You know, it looked like maybe Ke'Andre Miller might have deflected off of him and gone into the net that way, or maybe Igor didn't really get that good of a look at it. But bottom line, uh, York took a shot from pretty far away, you know, kind of near the point there, and uh, just kind of got through Igor and went into the net. But the Rangers picked up Igor. You know, whether this is a soft goal or not, and whether it's one that Igor would like to have back or not, it's very difficult to tell if it deflected off of Ke'Andre Miller or not. But either way, uh, really, really great to see the Rangers picking up their goalie, you know, kind of returning the favor because, I mean, you guys watch this team. You know how good he's been this season. You know how many times he's been the clear-cut best player on the ice on either team. You know how many games he's stolen, uh, especially early in the season. He's been uh, probably the MVP of the Rangers, and I don't say that lightly with, you know, guys like Adam Fox and Chris Kreider, uh, you know, Mika Zibanejad, even Panarin. You know, they're all having fantastic seasons, but I think uh, the Rangers are where they are thanks in most part 
to their goalie, Igor Shesterkin. He's been absolutely tremendous. But once again, it was really nice to see the Rangers respond the way that they did, get the game tied on the following shift, a goal by Filipino. Really nice goal there. A little tic-tac-toe for the Rangers. And then they go on to win it on a deflection goal by who else? Chris Kreider deflecting a shot from Adam Fox. But again, just really, really nice to see the Rangers uh, come together, pick up their goalie. And, you know, we might as well go right to the big finish here. Uh, you know, we, we're going to talk about all the different highlights and maybe even a couple of lowlights from this game. Uh, but seeing the Rangers once again down more than midway through the third period and coming back uh, again on a goal by Filipino now with a four-game point streak. And, of course, moving up in the lineup certainly helps Filipino. He had an assist in three straight games, scores the game-winning goal here. Uh, great goal by the Rangers. You get Adam Fox passing in deep to Ryan Strom. Strom makes a great cross-ice pass to Artemi Panarin, and then Panarin back the other way in front to his right to Philip Hedl, and Hedl taps it in from the doorstep. It's interesting because the pass by Panarin actually got deflected by a flyer defenseman, and, you know, it— Looked like it could be enough to break up the pass, but the puck still got to where it was intended to go, which is to Philip Heedle, and Heedle cleans up from the doorstep there. Great job by Philip Heedle uh, crashing the net there, but three great passes. I mean, Fox to Strom to Panarin to Heedle, and, uh, you know, Strom up to this point in the game, I thought had a, a little bit of a rough night, uh, a couple of giveaways, and, you know, there was an instance in the, I think it was the first period where, no, no, I think it was the second period. The Rangers were on the power play, and, you know, Panarin passes to Strom. Strom's got the puck in front of the net. And instead of just, uh, you know, turning and shooting, he tried to make a pass to Chris Kreider. And I'm not always going to kill people for trying to make that one extra pass because a lot of times that one extra pass will yield you a goal. But Strom got this pass in such high real estate and probably should have just turned and shot it. Instead, tried to make a pass to Kreider that wasn't really there and, uh, you know, just gave away the scoring opportunity, basically. So it wasn't a banner night for Strom, but he came through here with a really nice pass to Panarin and then uh, Panarin to Heedle to clean up from the doorstep and tie the game. And then just uh, three minutes, less than three minutes after this, in fact, uh, you get Chris Kreider scoring. Capocacco has the puck behind the Ranger net. He passes back to Adam Fox. Fox takes a shot through traffic. You know, Kako's in front, maybe providing a little bit of a screen. Kreider's there because, of course, Kreider is there. And Kreider deflects it into the net. His 24th goal of the season. And uh, we just, as Ranger fans, I think, continue to be in awe of what Chris Kreider is doing this season for the very simple fact that, again, you know, he's now, I believe, 30 years old. I think he hit the big 3-0. And we're so used to him just being this ultra-streaky, hot-and-cold player, and yet, uh, this is the season where, you know, despite being in this league for a decade, it seems like he's finally put all the pieces together, and he is just an absolute force every single night. I thought that top line for the Rangers, uh, you know, Mika, Kreider, and Kako had a really nice night for themselves. And uh, like I said, that ended up being the game-winning goal. Rangers defended pretty well down the stretch. And we'll continue to, you know, break down all the big highlights from this game in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It is the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. 
and there are so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so we got to go ahead and go over all the uh, COVID-related moves and line combinations and what have you for this game. It's kind of unfortunate having to do this every single time you uh, talk about a Ranger game, you know, win or lose, but uh, that's just kind of the nature of the beast right now. So first, the coaching staff. Jared Gallant and Mike Kelly both back on the bench last night. Uh, Gordon Murphy, however, has entered COVID protocol, and Chris Knobloch is back in Hartford with the Wolfpack, and the Hartford Wolfpack, in fact, won on Saturday night 4 to nothing. Uh, Julian Gauthier and Ryan Reeves clear COVID protocol, but uh, that also means, unfortunately, I mean, I'd say unfortunately, it's, it's great to have Reeves and Gauthier back, don't get me wrong, but that also means two guys have to come out of the lineup, and they are Anthony Greco and Jenny Brodzinski. Brodzinski played a handful of games for the Rangers, did a solid job on the fourth line, and Anthony Greco, you you know, I thought he looked pretty good in uh, the lone game that he got to play. It was only his second career NHL game at the age of 28. You know, you tend to pull for these underdogs, you know, guys like this to have a, you know, long, hard, winding road to the NHL. Uh, it's possible that could end up being the only game that he plays for the New York Rangers this season. But I mean, what a story. His dad actually uh, was one of the responders in 9-11. He was a firefighter and uh, unfortunately passed away due to 9-11 related illness uh, just uh, this past year in 2020, or I guess technically now that's two years ago. Um, but, you know, obviously uh, just a great story. Anthony Greco uh, fighting his way back into the NHL and at least getting to play one game with the Rangers this season. We'll keep an eye on how the Rangers, uh, you know, continue to line up going forward. But as far as the line combos are, are concerned, you've got... The top line remaining completely intact. It's Mika Zibanejad, center, and Chris Kreider, and Capo Caco. The second line remains intact from the game prior, which is Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Philip Hedl. And with Hedl, you know, again, modest four-game point streak here and uh, ends up with the game-tying goal in a really clutch spot for the Rangers in the third period. It's at least possible they stick with him going forward. You guys know I've, I've been campaigning this for, I mean, pretty much since this podcast's existence. Philip Heedle, to me, is a winger. He is not a center, and now that he's getting a chance to play on the wing, all of a sudden his production is seeing an uptick. Maybe it's a coincidence, and obviously, listen, playing with Panarin does not hurt either, and even Strom to a lesser extent, but Philip Heedle, to me, is a winger. Everything about his game streams winger, but as I was saying, you know, the Rangers are kind of flying by the seat of their pants right now as far as the line combinations are concerned because any given game, you just don't know who's going to be available and who's not going to be available. So, I mean, we'll see what the Rangers look to do when they get back to full strength. But, you know, it's possible that Philip Heedle has earned himself a little bit of run there on the Panarin line. And it's not a bad idea because, as we've talked about, you know, this is Philip Heedle's fifth season with the Rangers. I know he only played a handful of games in his first season, but be that as it may, he's played parts of five different seasons with the Rangers, and sooner or later, you got to find out what you have here. Is this somebody that's going to be a pillar of this Ranger team, or is he trade bait when the Rangers try to, you know, improve their roster a little bit come the deadline in, uh, you know, just a couple of months here? So, uh, good opportunity, I think, for a little bit of a sink or swim uh, tryout for Filipino on the Artemi Panarin line here, and again, we'll see how they look to, to line up when Everybody is back. You know, maybe Lafreniere gets back in there. Or maybe you keep Lafreniere on the third line. Uh, we will see. But as for this game, uh, you have the 
rest of the lineup, you basically, like it was in the last game, you've got two fourth lines almost. You know, the third line, quote-unquote, was Kevin Rooney centering Greg McKaig on the left wing, Ryan Reeves on the right wing. That looks like a fourth line to me. And then the actual fourth line was Morgan Barron centering Tim Gettinger and Julian Gauthier. And at first, you know, I'm looking at this lineup and I'm like, well, why is Reeves on the third line and Gauthier's on the fourth line? That doesn't really make sense given uh, the style of hockey that they both play. But again, you look at this, they're both fourth lines, basically. And given the fact that the Rangers are playing the Flyers, I get the feeling they might want to give Ryan Reeves a little bit more ice time than Julian Gauthier, you know, possibly expecting some trouble, some fisticuffs, uh, some physicality, whatever it might be. And uh, as far as their time on the ice... Gautier ends up with 9.37, while Ryan Reeves ended up with 12.31. So, yeah, probably just looking to get uh, Ryan Reeves a little bit more ice time in what was probably going to be a physical tough game. And as far as the defense pairings are concerned for the Rangers, they stay intact from the game prior. I mean, the obvious combos, Fox and Lindgren, Truba and Miller, and then, of course, Nemeth and Braden Schneider. Schneider playing in his second career game. He actually only played 16 seconds in the... Uh, in the first period, I mean, he came back, but he played 16 seconds on the ice, took a puck to the face, uh, his nose was bleeding a little bit, he got worked on, came back in a few minutes, and, um, you know, in this one, I don't think that Schneider necessarily popped off the screen the way that he did in his in his debut game, I mean, he was just all over the ice and ends up scoring that goal in his first game, uh, there wasn't quite as much of that here, but again, he was solid, you know, held his ground, didn't make any mistakes, kept things simple whenever he had the puck, uh, he ends up with 12 minutes and 51 seconds of ice time, which was the least of any Ranger defenseman, but, but that's to be somewhat expected. And, you know, I think when he was out there, once again, he, he played fairly well, ends up with two hits, one shot on goal, and an even plus minus on the night. So, I mean, the way things are going, I got to believe Braden Schneider is going to continue to play. As long as he's performing the way that he's performing, I see no reason to pull him out of the lineup. And that's with apologies to, you know, Zach Jones, because I think Jones overall played well. He had one rough game out of the three that he played with the Rangers, the most recent one. There's a little bit of a logjam there, for sure. And, you know, we'll see if the Rangers end up uh, maybe dealing one of their young defensemen at some point uh, to acquire a player that can help the team right here and right now. We'll see. And this is probably also a good time to mention, you know, recently we did an episode where we took a look at uh, any Ranger that could potentially be traded from the Rangers somewhere else. So, you know, maybe bring in a rental or somebody that could make the team a little bit, bit better in the short term, uh, improve their chances of making a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I was going to do a little bit of an honorable mention. and We kind of ran out of time. The honorable mention was going to be uh, basically any of the young Ranger defensemen. You could throw Keandre Miller, Braden Schneider, Zach Jones, and Nils Lundqvist all in there simply because you only dress six defensemen. And at a certain point, I just wonder if the Rangers are going to look at this and say, man, we got all these young guys. I'm sure a lot of the, these players would look attractive to other teams around the league. We can only play so many. We don't have a spot for every single one of these guys. I wonder if maybe at a certain point they would look to deal one of the young guys. But right now, basically, it's one of those uh, classic good problems to have kind of situations. They've got a lot of great defensemen already established on this team. Everybody's young. They've got some other younger defensemen that seem to be on the way, and we'll look to see how they, uh, once again, play it uh, at or near the trade deadline. Because, again, at a certain point, I don't know what you do with all these uh, you know high upside young Ranger defensemen that they've stockpiled on their team. Uh, but we'll continue talking about this game in just a second. First, just want to let everyone know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, 
boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so we talked about the game-tying and game-winning goals for the Rangers. I feel like we might as well go ahead and talk about uh, their first goal of the game as well. This occurred in the first period on the power play. And it's funny because, you know, the Ranger power play, they came into this game ranked 10th in the league despite being 0 for 10 on their last 10 man advantages. And I haven't really talked a whole lot about that recently, the power play being in a mini slump, simply because I think it's just that. I think it's just a mini slump. I haven't seen anything overly concerning about the Ranger power play. You know, early in the season, it was rough. There were too many guys, you know, standing still and just errant passes and just things that you don't want to see, you know, having a tough time getting set up, gaining entry, the whole nine yards. I mean, every way that a power play could struggle, uh, the Rangers were struggling basically earlier in the season, early in the season. But, you know, recently, I don't think it's been anything like that. I think they've at least, you know, had some good puck movement, had some nice passes, had some chances to score, just haven't put the puck in the net. It's going to happen from time to time. Every now and then, the, the well's going to run dry as it pertains to the power play. But, um, yeah, you know, they they snap out of their uh, mini slump here with a great goal by Mika Zibanejad. A one-timer basically just winds back and just cranks a slap shot off of a pass from Adam Fox. That's another thing about Adam Fox. I mean, he's so great, and he ends every—I swear he has two assists in every game— it really does start to feel that way. But anyway, this one goes from Panarin to Fox to Mika Zibanejad. And like I said, Mika Zibanejad just winds back from Artemi Panarin's typical spot on the power play. He's over there on the left side. Uh, Panarin was on the right side here. And Panarin, you know, it doesn't look like much, this little pass that he made to Adam Fox, but he did a great job on this play. Basically, he has to go back to the blue line and prevent the puck from leaving the zone. And he does that but he's got his back toward the net. He's also got a flyer penalty killer basically breathing down his neck. So Panarin has to turn uh, to his left to get the puck to his forehand. And again, he's on the point there. He's really running out of real estate. There's a flyer in his face, and he just lifts a little saucer pass over to Adam Fox. It was a short pass, so if you look at it quickly, it doesn't seem like much, but this is just another case of Artemi Panarin just being a phenomenal all-around hockey player because this was not an easy play. There's a lot of guys who are not going to be able to make this play, not going to be able to make this pass and, uh, you know, get it over the stick of the oncoming flyer penalty killer, but he gets it over to Adam Fox, and now because this penalty killer was so aggressive toward Panarin, another penalty killer has to move to his left, and there's just a chain reaction here. So now Fox, you know, dishes to his left. Mika Zibanejad's there. There's nobody covering him. Mika gets the pass uh, kind of near the top of the left face-off circle, and like I said, just absolutely tattoos a slap shot, gives the Rangers the early one to nothing lead. So just a great goal there, uh, and Artemi Panarin really, I mean, he gets the secondary assist, but uh, this goal does not happen without him. Uh, you know, again, just kind of Really maneuvering well in a really tight space there and making a really nice pass, a short pass, but a really nice pass to Adam Fox uh, just kind of set the whole play in motion there. And while we're talking about this power play goal for the Rangers, it kind of reminds me of something else that I wanted to mention because, you know, in our last episode, we took a look at the listeners' ideas as far as uh, trade targets for the New York Rangers. Guys that you would like to see the Rangers go after, maybe bring in either as rentals or maybe even as something more than rentals. But one of the players that came up, that one of them that one of you guys suggested, was Claude Giroux. And when I first heard that name, I was kind of like, eh, Giroux, you know, he's the lifelong flyer, and eh, I don't know about this. But I kind of talked myself into it a little bit. The one thing I will say about Giroux, though, is... And this has been the case with him for a long time for me, you know, being a Ranger fan and watching the Rangers play the Flyers so often. He's a really good player, don't get me wrong. He's a really good player. 
But he's not one of those players, for one reason or another, and you guys can let me know if you agree or disagree, he's not one of those players that really like strikes fear into my heart the way that other star players around this league do. I mean, certainly he's somebody that you respect, and he's somebody that you know that you have to be aware of, and he can hurt you in any given, in any given game. But I don't know. When he has the puck, it's not the same to me as when other stars around this league have the puck. I don't necessarily, I'm not like terrified of Claude Giroux. He's going to help somebody. If the Flyers end up dealing him at or near the trade deadline, whoever gets him will in all likelihood immediately be a better team, a deeper team. Uh, you get somebody that you can certainly plug right into your top six there. For one reason or another, and listen, he would help the Rangers. That applies to the Rangers, too. He would help the Rangers. But for one reason or another, he's just not one of those guys that I've been necessarily that scared of um, any time that the Rangers have played the Flyers. The way that I'm afraid of, you know, guys like Crosby and Ovechkin, all the brand names, basically. Um, so... Just something I thought that I would throw out there. You guys can let me know if you agree or disagree. And I, it's nothing all that tangible that I can really put my finger on. It's just one of those things where I just don't, uh, I'm just not as scared of him as I am of other star players around this league. Philip Edel, you know, we mentioned how he got the uh, game-tying goal midway through the third period. They were a great answer by the Rangers just after they had given up the lead. They come back and they score about 30 seconds later. But he actually almost had a goal in the first period here when the score was 1-1. One to -one. Uh, Gets a partial breakaway, uses his speed to, uh, you know, get toward the net. He's driving hard to the net from the uh, right side, moving to his left, and backhands it. And it hits off the post hits off the back of Carter Hart, and it's trickling right into the net. It's going to go in, and our old buddy Keith Yandel gets there, gets to the puck right when it's on the goal line, and keeps it from going in. So Yandel prevented a goal there. Could have been a two-goal night for Philip Hedl. And again, excelling on the wing, just exploding up the right side there. I think you got to find a way to try to leave Philip Hedl on the wing, regardless of whether he's with the Panarin line or not. And again, there's so many moving parts right now with guys being in and out of the lineup, but I think Philip Hedl is just better suited to play the wing. I think he's more comfortable there. It's a spot where you can better take advantage of his speed. We all know that he can't win a faceoff very often. I think he's in the low 40% success rate. So uh, to me, yeah, Philip Hedl really would like to see him hopefully play the rest of the season on the wing. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they look to line up once everybody is healthy. But uh, while we're talking about Yandel, too, got to give a shout-out to him because obviously a former Ranger, and he is now just seven games away from breaking the NHL's all-time record currently held by J Doug Jarvis for consecutive games played. So that would be a tremendous accomplishment there. I mean, this is such a mentally and physically demanding sport, and uh, for anybody to get anywhere near that record, let alone break it, obviously a tremendous accomplishment. And... Uh, Here's the hoping that Keith Yandel breaks the record. I see no reason to root against him. I know he's on the Flyers now, but former Ranger, and it'd be cool to see somebody uh, break the NHL's Iron Man record there. Also want to talk a little bit about some of the Rangers' bottom sixers making some plays in the second period here. Uh, Greg McKaig drew a power play for the Rangers. He had Kevin Rooney in along the boards. He makes a pass from along the boards to his left to McKaig. McKaig is driving hard to the net. I'm not sure if McKaig would have shot the puck himself or maybe passed to his left to Ryan Reeves. Reeves was right there on the doorstep, and uh, he's gotten close a couple of times you know, to getting his first goal of the season. That's going to be a party uh, if and when Ryan Reeves gets his first goal. Uh, but McKaig, like I said, driving hard to the net. Kevin Hayes ends up tripping. McKaig and McKaig draws a power play as a result of that and uh, all the best to Kevin Hayes as well you know he's obviously had a uh, tough go of it recently with the passing of his brother in the offseason and also um, you know dealing with some injuries himself so uh, here's the hoping that Kevin Hayes can uh, you know get it going and uh, at least have a solid season down the stretch for the Philadelphia Flyers here former New York Rangers somebody that was uh, well liked by the fans and by his teammates and uh, yeah again all the best 
to Kevin Hayes. Uh, there was also a play, really nice play by Tim Gettinger. He steals the puck in the neutral zone, went up the left side, took a wrist shot, and was stopped. Uh, basically shot it right into the bread basket. But a nice play by Tim Gettinger on that play as well. It feels like right now there's about 28 different Rangers that deserve to be in the lineup on any given night. Uh, again, a lot of these depth pieces and guys that are typically either in the are in the AHL or are healthy scratches, have played well recently. So it's unfortunate that uh, you know there's only so many spots to go around, but a, a nice play by Tim Gettinger there. And we also mentioned how it was another really strong game for Igor Shesterkin. I think he made his best save of the night early in the third period. In fact, less than a minute into the third, 40 seconds into the final stanza, you've got Igor Shesterkin uh, stoning Cam Atkinson from point-blank range. Uh, basically, you know, there's a little bit of a turnover by the Rangers in their own zone. Flyers work the puck over to Cam Atkinson. He's in front of the net by himself, and Igor kind of moves up in his crease, denies Cam Atkinson from point-blank range. I thought his best save of the evening to that point, and probably the rest of the way as well. He, he really played well. We already talked about how the Rangers, you know, scored twice in relatively short order in the third period to turn the 2-1 to deficit into a 3-2 lead. Uh, I figure we could talk about uh, the ending of this game as well. The Rangers really defended well down the stretch. The Flyers pull Hart with 2.22 remaining, and... Mika Zibanejad made a really, really nice play on Claude Giroux. Giroux had the puck near the blue line, and Mika almost forced Giroux, basically just putting his body on him, almost bodied him right out of the zone, ends up knocking Giroux down to the ice. The fans in Philly, you know, they were roaring. They wanted a penalty called, but there was no penalty here. I mean, he didn't trip him. He didn't hook him. He just pushed him over. So a really nice play by Mika Zibanejad there, just kind of disrupting the Flyers and what they were looking to do. Uh, and then Mika had a really nice clear a little bit later in the shift. The Rangers, uh, a lot of their players have been caught on the ice for a long time. Mika gets the puck. Really nice, soft, clear off the boards into the neutral zone. Wasn't going to shoot for the empty net and risk the icing. Also wasn't going to, uh, you know, shoot too hard down the boards and take an icing that way either. Uh, just a really safe, smart play by Mika Zibanejad there. The Flyers get the puck back in. And I thought that uh, toward the end here, you know, the Rangers did this about as well as you could. They kept the puck pinned to the boards. They won't let the Flyers get the puck away from them. Uh, Strom sweeps the puck around the boards to the opposite side of the uh, rink. And then the Flyers, they go and retrieve the puck. And by this point, seven seconds, six seconds, you know, the clock is really running down here. But the Flyers get to the puck with about five seconds at the blue line. And you figure this guy is just going to turn and throw it at the net and just kind of see what happens. I mean, if you're the Flyers or any team trailing by a goal in a situation like this, that's pretty much all you can do. But I thought Greg McKeg made a really nice play here. Understood the situation. Understood that that's probably what the Flyers were going to look to do. He was very aggressive. Came flying up to that Flyer at the blue line. And basically just smothered him, uh, never let him get the puck anywhere near the net. So a nice play by McKeg there uh, to close out the game. And again, a really strong win for the Rangers, 3-2. to two. They also go 3-2 and two on the road trip. So, yeah, I mean, for all the reasons we mentioned earlier, all the guys on and off the ice, on in and out of the lineup due to COVID, and, you know, the coaches missing for a couple games, they hung in there, they stuck together. Uh, really successful, really nice road trip, three and two. And that means that they're coming home and they will be back in Madison Square Garden for their next game on Wednesday at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs at 7.30 p.m. That is also the start of the Rangers playing three games in four days. They will be home against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday at 7.30. They are at the Canes on Friday at 7 and home against the Coyotes on Saturday also at 7 p.m. So 
Yeah, you got to feel good if you're a Ranger fan right now. Like we said, they really hung in there. They stuck together throughout this road trip, went 3-2, and two, and now they get to come home uh, most likely to a hero's welcome. I think the Garden's going to be rocking, and they're going to be very, very excited to welcome the Rangers home after the five-game road trip. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore. Rangers. Once again, this is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.